0: Hi everyone, this is Mark Iskowitz, Executive Editor of mm and and welcome to this week's episode of the mm Podcast, where my faithful co-host Larry Dobro and I interview people of note in and around the world of healthcare marketing. Make no mistake, Larry is back, but I'm flying solo again today as LD is on assignment and he'll be rejoining us next week. So last week, the mm and team let loose a little bit to celebrate our July issue with what we call the night out with the stars of the Agency 100. If you missed the rooftop shindig, have no fear because we have one of the stars of the A100 right here. My guest today is Renee Wills, client lead and co-founder for the agency Brick City Greenhouse. How are you, Renee?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me, Mark.
0: Of course. I'm thrilled to welcome you, Renee. And she joins us live in studio, and we're going to speak about her agency, BCG, and its virtual work style in the context of how agency models are evolving to meet the needs of clients. A meaty and very interesting topic these days indeed.
1: It is, actually. It's a topic that everybody seems to be interested in.
0: Yes, the evolving agency model. Uh, we hope everyone's enjoying MMNM's 2019 Agency 100 issue, which went online last week. A print issue should be available, too. And uh, we're continuing the agency theme today with Renee, so um, and BCG, which is a proud member of the A100. Uh, now, uh, Brook City pops up a lot in conversations about up-and-coming agencies. In fact, as Larry wrote in his story lead, um, he talked about how Sharon Callahan, unprompted, said that she looks at BCG as a real force to be reckoned with. So it's really nice to hear uh, your name, you know, being mentioned by such you know prominent people, prominent types in, in the industry. It's
1: very flattering and very rewarding.
0: Yeah, it's great. Um, and, um, you know, you were an agency exec in the ICC Low network at an agency called ICC Low Trio, um, which in case people may not recall, ICC was designed to be like a third health network, uh, within IPG along with FCB and McCann. And that was when you and I first crossed paths was about 2013 or so when I interviewed you for the July agency issue of that year. So we've come full circle here. And then in 2015, IPG of course, consolidated the ICC Low uh, health brands including trio and pace into fcb health but they're still ongoing entities uh yes right
1: i wouldn't call them enemies
0: e- entities oh no, i was gonna entities. say i thought i
1: heard you say enemies. i'm glad and I'm you like they are not lest enemies. anyone think i said <laughs> enemies they are it's a small world <laughs>
0: absolutely um, but you and i you had a nice long run at trio uh you served as president for nearly six years uh president gm uh, from 2010 to 2016 or so, so you're not like a new person on the scene here. You know, you've, you've you've been in the industry quite a while. Tell us about the experience of being, you know, appointed general manager of, the, of that network owned agency at that time, and um, you know, what was the the healthcare agency world like for you at that time?
1: Well, I came out of Klein, Davison and Mann at the time, and um, Steve Viviano you know, had this promise of come be a general manager at, at ICC Lo Trio, and it was something that I couldn't resist, um, the promise of having my own little shop, but yet within the protection and, mm. yeah, and with all the support of a larger agency. And so it was an opportunity to come into a shop that actually did both medical education and promotion. And, you know, we managed, we were, I guess we were about the size actually that Brick City Greenhouse was last year uh, when I first started. And we more than, you know, doubled over the course of my tenure there. But it was a Mm. really great experience um, to kind of like sink my teeth in and get an understanding of how things work. It wasn't just about running an account and how to keep a client happy. It was like really thinking about an agency as a whole. And I think it was a lovely precursor for, you know, Brick City Greenhouse, like thinking about... What makes employees tick? You know what? You know, actually, one of the more interesting questions in the world is: Is, is our clients or, or your employees more important? I mean, some of these, you know, uh-huh. kind of like philosophical things. Hmm. But it was a it was a fabulous experience. I loved it. I thrived in it. Um, I had some great people, uh, and it uh, really gave me exposure to also what the world of IPG was at the time and the senior management, and having an understanding of how a network. Works So mm-hmm. it, uh, it was great exposure. I really can't say anything but good things about my experience there.
0: Great, great. So, and you had come from uh, the Omnicom Network, as you mentioned, then you went to another IPG, to another network-owned shop. Uh, again, you're there for about six years. Then we fast forward to April 2016, and you join with Fred Kinch and his agency, uh, at that time known as Kinch, uh, which started in September 2015. And so you join Fred, who was a veteran of the Omnicom Network as well and uh, you were you joined as co-founder and managing partner of this agency and you you and Fred had worked together at Lab 9 i believe right
1: correct so lab 9 was really an opportunity to be an entrepreneur Hmm. also within the organization, because it was a startup within CDM. And Hmm. um, I ran like half the accounts while I was there. And Fred and I worked very closely together. He was creative director. Um, Ashley Schofield, our other partner and and creative director, was also within CDM, but she was down Hmm. at CDM Princeton. So we kind of go back and we I worked closely with Fred and I knew of Ash and of her work and had some exposure, um, to her there. But, um, lab nine was a, was a really neat experience too. That was kind of, you know, if you think about it, I always think about your your career as you're building your portfolio of experiences. So mm. it was the nice natural progression to really which gave me the the knowledge base um, that I needed to to go to to ICC TRIO mm. at the time. But mm. Fred and I had an amazing mm. experience there. And I always kind of said to myself, well, what if what if um, what if we came back together? Like maybe we'd work together. I never really envisioned at that time when that Mm -hmm. thought first passed through my head that, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, we'll open up our own agency together. Um, But when Fred approached me, um, at first I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of like jumping off the cliff because I had spent my whole career within the big agency world and and knew how that ran and it was very comfortable there. But on the other hand, the, the promise of what we could do and take the learnings and things that we had really found out over time the things that we liked and the things that we didn't like and really create something new, like that was just too tantalizing to to resist.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Right, and you so you had this experience of starting agencies within network holding companies, um, and now you were being offered the chance to start something separate that had to be a little bit scary.
1: It was a little bit scary, but actually what's, what's kind of nice is the stars aligned. And so... Um, Dana Maiman, and FCB at the time, was looking to consolidate. If you think about this whole world of consolidation mm-hmm. and reorganization, nothing ever stays the same. Um, and she was thinking that she really didn't need Trio to be a promotional shop and also the main ICC Low shop to be a promotional shop. So she wanted to make some changes. So at the same time, she was looking to make some change. And so that would perhaps mean that I didn't have any place to go, um, was the same time that I decided to take off and fly with Fred and Ash. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm, um, it was perfect. Good timing. It was excellent timing.
0: So then the three of you, you, Fred, and Ash, uh, who came from CDM as well, as you said, um, started your own shop um, and eventually became known as Brick City Greenhouse. Where does the name come from?
1: So... We started with this idea. It was brainstorming. It started with greenhouse. Greenhouse was the core. We liked this idea of greenhouse. And of course, I like gardening and all this kind of stuff. But it was about the growth of ideas and a place to nurture things. And nurturing is an important word for us because that's more the kind of the culture. We have a very sort of like always be kind kind of culture. Um, And so nurturing and the fostering of ideas and growing them in an environment that's really healthy was really where greenhouse came from. But if you try to trademark greenhouse, you really can't. Because it's not unique enough, and so Mm -hmm. we we know we needed to modify greenhouse. Mm -hmm. And at the time, we were um, setting up an office in Newark, and another name for Newark is Brick City and um we loved the idea of being associated with a community um that was kind of an unexpected one that was a vibrant up-and-coming more creative kind of community a place where because i don't know if you know this but we give five percent of our net profits to to charity that's kind of one of the the things that drives us (laughs) um and so when we direct some of that to to Newark. But Mm -hmm. this idea of Brick City Greenhouse, and there's sort of a fanciful thing. And actually, you you called us BCG, but a lot of our clients also call us Brick City. And I kind of have to say, I like that. It's kind of fun. And so the name came from us sort of brainstorming, and we said Brick City Greenhouse. That's it. Yeah. We love it.
0: It does have a nice ring. A lesson in branding. It's got to have some meaning, but it's also got to roll off the tongue. Well, there were a lot of names
1: on the list that we went through before we landed on that.
0: (laughs) Right, right. There's a lot on the cutting room floor. Um, So there's a nice pattern there of network owned followed by small and indie. And we'll come back to that theme in a moment. But let's just talk about the decision to start BCG. The thing about your agency is that you really aren't that new. Uh, You were founded in 2015, but the first few years of your existence, you didn't say a whole lot about yourselves. You didn't interact with us, uh, per se, with MM&M. Why did you choose to end the silence this year? Talk us through that decision.
1: Well, we um, sort of wanted to be under the radar. We wanted to build our business. We wanted to, you know, fail fast, make some mistakes, you know, see how it went. And we deliberately decided this was the year to kind of come out and be public. Um, Of course, it comes out of are really kind of getting into a groove and really building up momentum. We had a great year last that year. So yeah. we thought, okay, let's, let's do it. And we have a, a story to tell and we were getting a little bit um, of feedback from different places. Like there was a little buzz about mm-hmm. us that was starting and we're like, okay, well, let's start feeding um, the buzz and let's come out and tell folks who we are. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And part of that story is your unique model. Tell us about that.
1: Yes. So, our model is one. I guess if you look at the core, we have to do the same thing for our, ourselves as we do for our clients. So, we have our own positioning statement. So, Brick City Greenhouse is all about bringing out the best in brands and in the people that and the people that serve them. And so, our model as we think about things is all about thinking about how do we deliver upon that? And some of it has to do with removing the barriers that get in the way, like some of the more if you will say, like transactional things that we see um, that we don't like as much within the agency world. Um, And some of them just has, how do you like really bring out the best? So some of it's removing barriers. Some of it's just like, how do you like grow in that greenhouse kind of thing? How do you fertilize um, the best? And so there's a few things about our model, um, like the... I know you, would, you and I talked earlier about the fact that we don't have the regular billable hour we got away, mm-hmm. maybe talk about that, but the, yeah. the billable hour model is, is kind of a limiting thing, and there's a nice cascade of things that come from that. Um, we also um, have a remote working arrangement, but you know, those are features. When I really ladder it all up, it's about bringing out the best in our brands and our people, and so it's about attracting talent and attracting great talent. And one of the things that we keep hearing is um, trust. Our, our employees feel trusted and empowered, and that's kind of an interesting area that I actually I brought some quotes from sure. them about that t- particular topic. Um, another thing that's really interesting and a theme that keeps coming up is this idea of work-life balance. Except, work-life balance implies that there's a work you and a personal you, and your mm-hmm. and and work is not your life, and you know. But 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 at the Greenhouse. Maybe we've cracked it a little bit where we think that we found a way to um, really be able to live the full you in a seamless, fluid way Mm -hmm. because you're available for work, but you're also available for your personal life. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things is if you have an 8 a.m. client call, by the way, agencies don't love to be in the office by 8 a.m. It's just really not. It's early for the creative types in particular. But if you have to do it from your house. It's no big deal, you know. It's Mm -hmm. not. There's not not a stress. Or if there's something that somebody's working on and they need me to review it, I don't need to stay in the office. Mm -hmm. I can. I'm. I'm. I'm home. I can review it on my own time. Or if you like to work at six a.m., work at six a.m. Go ahead. But you don't expect everybody else to be. So it's 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 an interesting model in that allows people to work the way they want to work and be the person they want to be.
0: Sure. So those are the. The uh, benefits. Are, are there limits to that uh, style of working?
1: So, I haven't found them yet, but there are certain things that there are certain implications. It means you need to hire the right kind of people. Um, we tend to hire very senior people, very seasoned people. Um, you know, we call them A-level talent, but they're they're really fantastic, great people, and that it, our model is oh. contingent upon us hiring the right people. Because mm-hmm. we have to we give them complete trust
0: mm-hmm. right so you know giving somebody that kind of yes. flexibility um, you have to hire the right people
1: and our model is also contingent upon us oh. um, really getting the work right from the start if you think about it, and I don't know if you want to if you want to start like we started with the. you asked me more generally about the, the model but if you go down the remote model like sort of sequence of events it allows so many different things um, Actually, please I would love to because it's so interesting. So one of our employees um, who's uh, an editorial lead, Brandon Kupchak, he said, and I love this, I actually see my family now. Instead of just breakfast, bedtime and weekends, I got my life back. And then he goes on to say there's no commute. So I have more time doing actual work that matters. And working late isn't an issue because you're home and you're comfortable. Some of the things that I was really saying, but in his mm-hmm. in his own it words, which I think works, is yeah. really nice to hear,
0: yeah.
1: you know, his words versus my words. Another thing from um, Amy Wusterfeld, who's our project director, the world is my office. I literally can work from the car or a parking lot or from an appointment. I'm actually more inclined to get ahead of certain projects on my own time after hours. Just because I happen to be in the groove at 6 a.m. on a Wednesday doesn't mean I expect anyone else to be. So like, mm-hmm. there that, that kind of gets to that theme that I, that I brought up before. And I think that that's a nice theme that's sort of echoed with some of the other folks. Um, the work-life balance thing is, I think it's hard to achieve, but Holly Molzen, who's a copy supervisor, said, ultimately there's no need to balance between work and life. The agency model allows you to just simply live your life It's seamlessly woven together without feeling like you're always on. I thought that was really cool. And then... From Lauren, who said she got a little, Lauren Thompson, who's our project lead, who said she got a little teary when she wrote this. She said, and I think this is kind of a vivid picture for me that I think a lot of people can relate to, before BCG, I was only getting to see my kids during the panic rush for all to leave home in the morning and then briefly, if at all, in the evenings. Now, even when things are busy, I can simply get a download of my kid's day at school. I can throw the uniform in the wash and Mm -hmm. even move it to the dryer. These are such small things, but not things you can do from your office. It's the culmination Mm -hmm. of all these little connections and responsibilities as a parent Mm -hmm. that when you're unable to fit them in your workday because you're held hostage in an office, leading to horrendous guilt that you're falling short for your family. And I think we can all relate to that. Absolutely, yeah. For the last year, I've been intertwined in both work and my family. And because the guilt is alleviated, the resentment, and then she says, admit you've all had it, of work is alleviated. That's what's created an actual balance. Hmm. I thought that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a dad, I can certainly relate to that. You know, I work from home one day a week, and it's just nice to be available for a carpool. You know, here just to jump out. You know, or to to run a quick errand and come back. It's um,
1: life's little but,
0: moments. Right, right. And some people, I guess, would might prefer a nine to five. You know, gig where they commute in, they commute out. They leave their their work life at work, and they have their home life at home. Um, but, um, you know, this sounds like it's more in step with, you know, lifestyles today. You know, people are used, you know, feel like they shouldn't have to, um, you know, sacrifice one for the other. They should have, you know, both, both be able to be, you know, managed and balanced. So, if you
1: think about yeah. what that really means for our clients, it means mm-hmm. we can attract the most amazing talent. Right. That's the number one right. thing that we can do for our clients is having great people do the work. An advertising yeah. agency is only about its people.
0: That's right. That's, that's and so we said, can attract
1: yeah. and retain importantly.
0: Right. Right.
1: Great talent.
0: And you don't have any overhead, or you have very low overhead, right? Um, so your operational headaches are, are minimized with this Well, model.
1: and that's also another benefit to our clients which Mm is also a benefit for employees. But for our clients, that low overhead means that we can afford to have a higher ratio of senior-level talent in our Mm -hmm. organization. And also that – so I think our clients would probably rather that we put their money towards – talent, the talent, the versus, talent our, right. versus our
0: office and it's a, it's a virtuous circle right because the, the more senior the talent you have the quicker jobs get done the less probably redos and so on and so forth um and the less layers of review it has to go through and so it gets done more quickly and that just kind of feeds on itself
1: you got so, it because yeah. it i what i like to say about the getting rid of the billable hour model mm-hmm. is it puts the incentives in the right place so If you had an hourly model, you might have more incentives to put more process in place and have more people work on the job and things like that. Our incentive is to just have the right amount of process, to the right amount of checks and balances, Mm -hmm. and to put senior-level people on a project or on a business or on a strategic challenge or a creative challenge that will just swing it out of, you know, like I guess get a home run right right from the start. And that leads to really happy clients. And honestly, as an agency – that means that we're more profitable. So everybody wins.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. Would you say that your sweet spot is still the uh, smaller to mid-sized pharma companies and smaller brands and large pharma?
1: Um, I would say that's probably true. Anybody that, or any brand that's not really served by the big agency model is kind of where our sweet spot is because they're not being served because maybe they're not getting access to the A-level talent and they probably don't have the budgets um, that that really give them that. And so we can bring, and that's one of the things that my awesome partners, Ash and Fred and I, we came together and we all agreed. We wanted to roll up our sleeves and get back into the business and not the business of managing an agency, but the business of working with clients. And and when we say senior level talent, what's really, really clear and I want always, sometimes people are like, oh, that's the partners. Um, That's not the way we look at it at all. It's the people we hire. I mean, Mm -hmm. if Ash, that would be a real rate limiting factor, If you know, Ash and Fred and I. And yes, Ash and Fred and I are involved in so many different things. But we hire great people who are Mm -hmm. able to do great things on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we love coming to work every day. The agency runs without
0: you, Fred and Ash.
1: Correct. Right. And that's really important. That's important to scaling, but it's... Also, you know, who would want to work? That, that wouldn't be a great place to work if, if our employees felt they had to run everything by us.
0: Right. Well, that could be the way some other places do work, uh, but it's key to your model. Um, I wanted to, to move backwards a bit, um, if that's okay. As, as I mentioned, there's a, a little bit of a pattern in your CV now of network-owned, followed by Small & Um, The way Brick City operates and the way it rolled out, how much of that would you say was a conscious response to your previous big agency experience?
1: oh, I think everything in life is kind of leading one foot in front of the other and you learn from the good and the bad. So um, absolutely. I think what we are trying to be is just trying to be all the good and we're trying to minimize the bad. And, you know, there's people and companies are inherently have good things and bad things. So Mm -hmm. we've we've had a broad perspective on the agency landscape and we know what we like and we know what we don't like as much. And we're really trying to be the best that we can be. And that's exciting to get up every day. And we don't have the pressures of publicly traded company. You know, we pride ourselves on being as transparent as we can possibly be. We don't mm-hmm. have to play in the gray area. We can say no to a new business opportunity if it doesn't feel right. You know, we, yeah. it's, it's, we can do what's right. And that's something that we always try to do is we always do the right thing. And that also is a benefit we bring to our clients. And so if we are going to bring in an outside partner, we tell our clients who the outside partner is that we want to bring. And we're very transparent. If we want, um, if, if something's not in our wheelhouse, we'll let our clients know. And importantly, if we come up with this project that we think that could make us a lot of money, what doesn't <laughs> going to benefit our client's business, we're not going to put it forward. What we're trying to do is do the right thing, and we think the money will follow.
0: Sure, and yeah, you know, I'm just thinking there's these uh, there a whole host of agencies that have kind of uh, arisen uh, that seem to have been a response to the larger agency model. Like I'm thinking a Crowd Farm, a Create NYC, a Strike Force, where they utilize this virtual model, um, and it's it's an alternative. And I think they've kind of you know dare I say position themselves as such, um, and um, it's it seems to be gaining uh, momentum, you know, um, but um, would would you say that, um, you know, did, looking back now, you know, having having the luxury of, of hindsight, did big work for you?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I am who I am today because of it. So there is a place for big there's a lot, there's there's places for all these new opportunities. There's there's a large world of opportunity. And yes, we compete with each other. But clients need options. You know, it seemed like for a little while there was consolidation, consolidation, consolidation. And talking to procurement folks, they, you know, they want something fresh. Mm-hmm. And there's a real need for fresh choices. And so, you know, there's a lid for every pot they see. I totally believe in that.
0: Sure. Would, would you say that um, we're getting toward the point where the... Downsides of working with network owned shops exceed the benefits?
1: I don't, I wouldn't, I, I'm not like down on the, the big agencies. I think there's a perfect place for them and, um, and there's certain clients for them and, you know, consolidating and all of that stuff. But so for me, I'm happy where I am. I, 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 I love what we're doing right now and I think that it benefits a lot of clients, but I think that there's still a place for the large agencies in this world. And sure. Um, so I'm not going to go, say, oh, I'm anti big,
0: Right. Okay. Having the luxury of hindsight, you know, you can kind of put things in perspective and everything has its place. It um, does. Yeah. It does. Talk about the last, I mean, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but, you know, the kind of your, the end of your time with ICC, um, how did that kind of shake out in terms of, um, you know, the decision uh, at that time to make ICC um, kind of fold that into into FCB? Can you kind of share
1: Oh sure, Um, you know there were there were three Mm -hmm. IPG players: um, McCann and IPG and FCB. And in the world of consolidation, IPG and of course I wasn't privy to those decisions, but decided to fold ICC into FCB. And Dana was doing an amazing job and growth, and that continues today. And um, so we got folded, and that you know in so then it became just McCann and and um, FCB as the two IPG, um, uh, agencies. And so I went to work for Dana Mayman as the head of trio and I enjoyed doing that for a year and I got to see a lot of what she was doing there and she's built an impressive organization.
0: Absolutely. I think they were number four on our agency 100 list. Uh, so definitely, um, a stalwart agency and, uh, continuing to do great work and attract great talent. Um, so um, as is McCann, uh, so the two Absolutely. the two actually both are still are, Yeah, really both are had won.
1: some really strong. Yeah, they news. had a great showing
0: at, at, at Cannes, of course. Um, and um, you know, the we just put up uh, another little plug for M. M&M. We just put up our agency. Uh, sorry, our award shortlist. Um, and uh, I
1: saw that there's a, our name was on there. Names That's on that <laughs> list, right? So you got to go check it out. But yeah, uh, there's a, there's I, I have already seen it. This IPG morning, members on it.
0: there. There's Independence on there. So yeah. I'll tell you, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it's, that's good to see. Um, everybody's doing well. Um, and so uh, let's just touch on the future for a second. What's what's next for, for your agency and uh, what is what are the next 12 months hold?
1: So we've actually been looking at a bunch of sort of new business sort of opportunities and there's a bunch percolating right now. So I don't have my crystal ball out to say I know which ones will hit, but, um, you know, we're Now we're more out in the public, so we're Mm -hmm. looking at, you know, how do we present ourselves to the world and paying more attention to that because before we were kind of a little word of mouth, a little kept secret. And so, like, focusing on how we present ourselves and probably when we're rolling out, you know, an updated website and some of those kind of things. that um,
0: Focusing on the corporate image.
1: Focusing on that. But, you know, focusing on clients, focusing on looking at our structures. It's a never-changing process. You know, and I think we feel like we're really well situated. never changing. Well, I guess I could actually thank you for the clarification. We feel like we're really well situated, you know, because one of the big things is scale. And I think there's different inflection points where you hit that. I think we're really well mm-hmm. poised now for our next um, round of growth, if you will, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but as we get a little larger, we're going to have to look at systems and things like that that are more suited, and that's one of those things where we can't just rest on our success of today. We have to kind of keep looking ahead and saying, "How do we keep ourselves current? Sure, um, and, sure. Uh, and keeping pace."
0: But it is, it is interesting, excuse me, that both you and Steve Viviano wound up now at indie shops. Steve, of course, is at QB Fox. You know, what does that say that you both kind of you know left the network model, network owned agencies, and kind of you know state are staying put in the indie. Indie camp for now.
1: Well I think it says we love agencies and we have a lot to give and we have these great ideas and we want to have our own places where we can like bring those ideas to, to fruition and it's the next stage in our evolution in our personal growth because you know we've got some good years left in us and we, um, we really love what we do and it's really fun to see what we can do. And let's we'll have to see where that could, takes us. Absolutely. Well, oh, I, I shouldn't we'll really be, be, be speaking watching. for Steve, by the way, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll check in with him. Don't You'll worry. have to check in with him yourself.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, how about we uh, shift gears and go to the speed round? Okay. Um, what do you do to unwind?
1: Ah, uh, plug. I, I do multiple things. Well, I I guess it wouldn't be greenhouse if I didn't say I gardened. I do uh. garden. I love gardening. As a matter of fact, I I. Grow lots and lots of vegetables. Not More just vegetables growing ideas,
0: do. but growing actual absolutely. Edible like things.
1: there's something about getting in the dirt and starting from nothing and seeing something grow that you can then eat. It's really rewarding. It's really cool, mm-hmm. and I love to share that with my friends as well. So that's neat. I also love to cook. So you know, if you're going to grow things, you better be able to cook.
0: Nice.
1: Um, and uh, and then yoga. I think that's one of the things mm-hmm. that kind of keeps me centered in a world that sometimes gets a little crazy. Is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, brings me back to like my who I am and my heart, because I think your heart's really important and we can't lose our heart in this world. And um, it's really important to kind of keep in tune with yourself and your heart so that you can do better to serve others and help others find their own way.
0: Very well said. Yeah. I mean, you can't be. A person who's um, able to give of yourself uh, to your family, to your friends, to your co-workers, if I'm, I shouldn't be saying you, a person cannot, if they're not well-centered and, and well
1: in the right state of, state
0: of mind. I'm not sure yes. if that's a, a yoga term, but, you know, the right state of mind <laughs> every morning, yeah. uh, it, it, at least it helps a lot. Because I, I, I have a friend who who is into yoga as well, and he... He always makes a big point of that. Like I got to be in the right state of mind to, to, to be, you know, switch gears between work and home. And I would it's, imagine it really helps. a lot. It's, tr-
1: I mean, it's a physical practice. So that's yeah. benefits in and of itself, but it's also a mental and to a certain extent, it's a spiritual practice. I mean, there's little mm-hmm. things that I've learned from practicing yoga. Like one of the very simple things is you get on your mat every day and you do the same poses Townward downward dog and warrior pose and all these things. And it's kind of like our lives. We, Get into routine and you do the same thing. But can you get into that pose and find something new? Can you look at it with a different mm. perspective? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's something that I try to bring into my life because that sense of wonder that we have when we're children, or that sense right. of looking at something with a new fresh eye, mm-hmm. like that makes us feel alive and that has us bring amazing things to our families, to our work. And I, you know, I try to bring that kind of perspective into Brick City, and the work that mm-hmm. I do with my amazing partners, Fred and Ash, that what can we do differently, and so we haven't just built a model that oh that's it, that's perfect that's that's the way it is. We actually, as we've built our model, we've invited every person who's joined us to say you're part of building this model mm-hmm. and and how do we continue to change and grow it for the future so I don't know five years from now. Our model may be, have, you know, there's certain things at the core. We want to bring out the best in brands and, 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 and in the people that serve them. But how we deliver exactly upon that, we're totally open
0: mm-hmm. to
1: evolving and change and growth.
0: Yeah, nice. And what's the last book you read?
1: You know, I admit I am a big Game of Thrones fan. So okay. I read books in that genre. So I, I guess there's like three types of things that I read. There's, all right, I got to get informed and, you know, you is one of those things i i need to be entertained so that's my whole game of thrones kind of mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and um the third thing is i need to keep learning mm-hmm. actually my my next book on the docket i'm on my ipad which i, I think i'm going to start on the train back is okay. uh is becoming by michelle obama so that's ah. a slight difference from the game of thrones but oh, you know yeah. I, I believe it's important to kind of mix it up a little bit
0: which of the three categories is that in because i've heard her speak she's she's a very entertaining speaker and she's but she's brilliant so she's got well i guess actually that's
1: that's a hybrid it doesn't it doesn't necessarily maybe it'll be all three (laughs) (laughs) right yeah there you go check off all three boxes all
0: right well uh we're gonna call it there thank you it's been a pleasure speaking with you renee
1: thank you mark
0: of course um just a couple of housekeeping items before we end uh we uh, just put the salary survey out um, this uh, this week, um, so be sure to uh, fill that out and uh, help us to compile the most comprehensive uh, look at industry salaries on both the agency and the client side. I think the the uh, salary survey has been chugging along for more than three decades, so it's um, really a, an important uh, survey and a good read. when that'll come out in October. Um, and then, um, as I mentioned, the Agency 100 content is out. Um, and so um, if you haven't registered yet register for the sites you can see all the, the great data like from the revenue table to Larry's feature on the new breed of uh, networks that's challenging the incumbents uh, and all the profiles of course and finally the uh, the shortlist uh, went, went live uh, this morning uh, the agency the, uh, I keep saying that the awards shortlist and uh, so you can uh, if you register you can get access to that uh, and you can also buy tickets, um, for, uh, the, uh, ceremony in October. So you can see who makes it to the stage. So, um, uh, a lot of eyebrow raising going on here in the studio. So <laughs> can't tell you who's, <laughs> can't tell you who won. Um, all right. So that's it. That's our story. Um, want to thank Renee again for coming in. Uh, thank everybody out there for listening. It's been Mark Iskowitz uh, for, uh, MMM and Mickey Brown, our producer, uh, and Larry Dobrow, who'll be back next week saying uh, thank you again. We'll see you next week on the MMM podcast.